from Profit Well Recur. It's Protect the Hustle, B-Side, where Patrick Campbell and Neil Desai share their takes on this week's global developments. This week, the duo discuss the considerable thought that should go into a company's statement when presented with a sensitive and significant event, and how action can speak louder. Okay, uh, big, big topic to talk about today. So this week with Protect the Hustle, the B-Sides, we are going to be talking through um, some tough topics. And we talked about this a lot. Uh, we, we said from a business perspective, the best thing is probably to do nothing. But we as you know, human beings who are part of this world have influence on this organization and obviously have a, a large group of, you know, founders, CEOs, and executives who listen to this podcast. We felt that the best thing to do is to actually talk about, you know, what's happening in the world and some things that we can do as um, founders, CEOs, executives, et cetera, to, to kind of do our part, if you will. Now, to be super clear, I, I want to kind of clarify or preface a couple of things. Um, one, this conversation is not going to be about the systemic pieces, the justice system, those types of types of aspects, because we are likely not the best people um, to talk about that, to educate that. Um, although we might have opinions and suggestions and these types of things, um, it's just we felt that that wasn't our lane and we need to be more educated on that and let others speak about those types of things. In addition to that, it's, it's obvious that injustice exists. We can, you know, debate the scope, the depth, the breadth, the causes, the impacts of certain of those causes, what the solutions should be. We should we can debate a lot of those things, but that's not what we are going to be doing on on this podcast episode. Um, we're going to be focused on, you know, what the things that that we can do in some ways. You know, we have a luxury of talking about those things. Um, and in other ways, we um, we're, you know, the perfect people to talk about those things. And while we admit and see that these aren't the biggest problems or the biggest things to solve in the world. Again, I just want to be super clear that, you know, we are, the, we, we have this influence and we have the ability to make some change. So let's do it. If, you know, three of you rethink some of the practices you're doing inside your business to do better, or we give you some ideas that you haven't even thought of, that's, that's a win. And the last thing I'll say before we kind of get into it, and I want to get Neil's, you know, Neil's preface and Neil's take on this as well, is that we might say some things that are incorrect here. Um, or that we're misguided on, or that, you know, you disagree with. And I think that all we want you to know is that we're coming with a really, really good intention and we're coming with trying to be part of the solution, not part of the problem. And we are ignorant in a bunch of different ways. And so with that, you know, guide us, give us some feedback, give us some disagreements, give us some more information. Um, we're not going to agree with all of it, just like you're not going to agree with everything that we say. But, you know, this is a conversation and this is a conversation that we should be having um, with peers um, so that we can you know, move the ball forward. Uh, but with that, the longest preface I think I've ever given to anything I've ever done in my life. Neil, any other thoughts before we get into it? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, BC. And I know it's been, um, you know, a tough couple of days for a lot of us here at ProfitWell just because, you know, not only is it is it is it hard to see, but also thinking about our own role that we have in this movement. And you know, to begin with, we have a huge luxury in having this type of conversation in the first place. Um, so it's important to note that as well, right? And you know, just personally, before we dive into some of the, the topics around what this means for for our company and other people's companies, you know, I just want to personally say unequivocally that like 
if, if, if you're black, um, your life does matter. Uh, and I think we all need to be as educated as possible, um, you know, on these issues and support the changes we're most interested in, in helping out, whether that's changes and reforms to our justice system, the, the education system, right, even the political system. All of these things that can help root out the injustice and dismantle the systemic racism in our communities, I think that's really important and you should go do those things. So um, like, like PC said, you know, we're, we're probably still going to be ignorant and, and still learning about a lot of these things. And, and so my heart goes out to, to everyone who's um, in the trenches and, and working on these solutions. Yeah. So with that and with kind of our, our lane kind of established here, what should we do, Neil? What are the things that we should do to be better? And, and I think there's a lot, of, a lot of interesting things to kind of talk through that, you know, we've talked about before in Protect the Hustle, you know, especially when we interviewed Patty McCord at Netflix, who has a very specific way of running a culture, but also, you know, values diversity inclusion so, so much. And, and you know, she's kind of found a good way to balance those things. Like, what, are you, what do you think are some of the big things that, you know, we should be all aware of and, and maybe some of the things we've worked on at ProfitWell um, or things we should be better at in terms of ProfitWell? Yeah, I think the first and foremost, what becomes immediately obvious is how comfortable people feel speaking about these things at work, right? Mm. The reality of the situation is we spend more time at work than we do pretty much doing anything else these days. And so, you know, starting from the top down, uh, a culture of being able to talk about the difficult issues um, with nuance and a degree of intensity, I'm not sure exists everywhere, but at ProfitWell, we're, we're, we're trying to foster a lot of that. And I think that's it's a good initial place to start, right, is, is uh, allowing or, or not even allowing, encouraging folks to have these types of difficult conversations. And I think that's something that shouldn't be or should be underscored, I guess is what I'm trying to say, is because what's kind of fascinating is, I, I you know, you, this was your first job, you know, you had internships, co-ops, things like that. You know, this has been my longest, you know, job, if you will. And in previous organizations, it was uncomfortable to talk about some of these things, um, not because people didn't care, but because everyone was very, very worried about, well, if I say this or I can't say this or, you know, I can't be angry about that or these types of things. And I think that, you know, fostering a culture, which we've really tried to do of open and honest and, and, and very seeking of truth conversations has allowed us to, you know, not only be able to talk about some of these issues that have a lot of nuance and have some disagreements and things like that, not maybe on the overall aim, but some of the things underneath it. But also I think that as a leader or just as a good peer, you know, you should ask people, you know, you should talk about them like, hey, what do you think about what's going on in the news right now? You know, what do you think is going on? Because I think that forces some folks who maybe would stay on the sidelines to be a little bit more, you know, in the game, if you will. And then others who, you know, are ignorant, maybe through no fault of their own to start to get educated. Um, and I think that, you know, some of these issues, whether your issue is, you know, Black Lives Matter, um, climate change, et cetera, it allows you to like have that conversation where it's okay to have most of your work, you know, or have your most of your identity gotten up by work, but ultimately then the other parts of your identity can, can permeate throughout your life. And you don't get that a lot of organizations. And I think that what it's done is it's created people who are appreciative, but also people who, you know, feel like they can be themselves and, and care about these things and know that they're not going to get ostracized for having a view um, or having an opinion on something, which I think is super, super important. Yeah. I don't know if this is like a millennial thing or a Gen Z thing, but 30 years ago, it was very clear that you'd keep politics out of the workplace, right? It just wasn't something that was commonplace. I think like 10, 15 years ago, <laughs> yeah. you know, you don't right. talk about sex, politics, and religion, right? Because that alienates mm -hmm. people, right? So, right. And, and now I know, I mean, you and I have conversations constantly with these sorts of things, but even throughout the rest of the organization, I, I think these days it's 
we bring our entire selves to work. That's how we do our best work. And as human beings, it's, it's nearly impossible to separate these really intense issues and important issues from our work, right? Um, especially when we're not directly involved, um, as a lot of us are. So, yeah, I, I think, you know, that transition has been interesting to see. And, and I think this is, we're going to build off of this to think about not only from an individual, at the individual level, how does this permeate as a brand and as a company as well? And I think the really important piece that a lot of people get wrong with this is that they they don't allow uh, the conversations to happen and the disagreements to happen. Again, like we we all agree that the climate should be better. We all should be you know basically have a zero tolerance for you know racism and things like this. But sometimes these sub conversations like you don't necessarily want it to be like a top down, like this is what you need to believe. It needs to be something where like people are having these conversations, people are learning because that's the only way that we're going to educate each other on some of these issues that we might have some ignorance on. Right. And I think that some cult, some cultures and companies, they, they, they tend to alienate by getting way too specific um, with prescriptions and, and they're not ill-intentioned, right. You know, there are, I have some CEO peers who, you know, they see this and they are, they've, they've, they've never been for racism. I think it's, you know, rare to find, you know, a, a young person that's for racism, right. Um, you know, at least actively, but it's one of those things where you're sitting there and they just want to act, they just want to react. And then all of a sudden the thing that they react with gets too specific and it starts to alienate the, the people that they're actually trying to help. Right. And so I think that's one of those things is like having that forum, having that Agora is so, so important. And it also making sure that people realize that, Hey, they should, if you want to start a book club, total permission. You want to start a group to talk about these things on a regular basis? Like you don't need permission, but if you need permission, you absolutely have it. And I think that's a really important thing as well is sometimes, you know, because people, you know, bring themselves to work, they 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 sometimes think like, "Oh, maybe I can't bring all of myself because, you know, even though these are all my friends, like I can't be open and honest about the things that I care about at work." And I think it's one of those things when you create a culture where that's able to happen, it 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 really becomes beautiful. Although sometimes people need a little bit of nudges to kind of get out there sometimes. No, for sure. And I, and I think that that becomes possible when you have a, a very clear zero tolerance policy for the things that we don't accept, right? Because we can't have it both ways. And I think when you make a very clear, hey, as a company and as a culture, we don't tolerate any sort of disrespect or injustice in, in these types of things, then we can have a safer space to have those difficult conversations. Yeah. And I think that Again, it's, it's one of those things, too, where you have to it's kind of that search for truth that I think has to be the number one priority. Right. Because, you know, your views like you and I have very different views on a lot of things, um, mm -hmm. you know, to say the least. Right. But I think that you and I can have really open and honest conversations about those things. And I'm not like, hey, to work here, you have to believe this directly, obviously not, but also even indirectly. Right. And I think that appreciating those views and appreciating the conversation and having the conversation. Cause there's things that you've taught me that I had no idea. And I still challenged you on them. I was like, well, tell me why this isn't the case or tell me why that isn't the case. And being open to that conversation, I think is it's super crucial because if you create that monoculture, that literally is antithetical to what we're trying to do. Right. You know, in the overall scheme of things, which I think is interesting. I have an interesting question for you though, to use the word interesting a few more times. Should a company, you know, I mentioned this a couple of times, like, should they make a statement? We, in the past couple of days, we saw, you know, on Monday, all of a sudden we saw a bunch of brands, you know, a nice little Twitter, you know, with a, a heart in the middle or something like that saying, Hey, like we, racism is bad. Like, I know that's not exactly what they said, but that's basically what they said. You know, some being more specific, supporting like specific groups like Black Lives Matter and these types of things. And then literally like the day after Tuesday and Wednesday here, basically people saying like, you know, 
kind of just crapping on these brands, you know, for, for what they were doing. Like what, what's your kind of your take on that? Yeah, that's a tough one. Cause I know you and I talk a lot about virtue signaling, especially in like the tech world we live in in general. And, and then specifically around this, I think there's, there's two pieces of this conversation. One should brands make statements. And then second, are statements effective in general, right? Mm. I think the first part about this, should brands make statements? I think First, the, 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 the company or the founders or whoever is the voice of the brand first needs to genuinely believe whatever statement they're making. To do it strictly as a marketing ploy or strictly to get clicks, that seems, that seems like a non-starter, right? I, I think... But do you think people are thinking that, that, that that's what they're doing? Like, I, I think there's probably some social media folks who are like, I have to say something. Right. And they believe it, too. But they're also kind of being driven by the business a little bit. I don't know if anyone's inherent. Well, I'm sure there's someone who's inherently, you know, oh, this is an opportunity to like latch on to. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's important to recognize so, some of the, the really successful social movements in history made significant progress once corporations uh, mm. backed the cause. Right. Everything from like apartheid in South Africa to even the initiatives behind climate change these days, companies need to back certain movements to make progress. Right. At, at a super high level. Now, is a statement backing a movement? Probably not as much as it could be doing other things, but it's a start. Right. So I think it's important for for me to know Nike, a brand that I pay dollars to multiple times a year, supports a very important cause to me. Now, could that just be marketing? The, the most cynical interpretation of that? Yes. But is it also, is it also taking a stance? And, and I'm sure they're going to upset people by saying Black Lives Matter as well, right? So yeah. I think the fact that they feel the courage to do that, and, and increasingly both consumer and enterprise brands, I think, are, are not afraid to take, take a stand. But my problem there is, is it courageous to say racism is bad? And I'm asking that kind of rhetorically a little bit. Let me explain. Because I, I think that here, here's what I struggle with, right? We at ProfitWell, virtue signaling is, is, is a bad thing to us. Like, we just don't believe in it. We think that what we should be doing is fighting with our actions, right? And there's so many things that we should be doing better. There's some things that we've done really, really well at. But ultimately, just saying it doesn't mean anything. And, and we try to be a brand, and I know there's some inconsistency here probably, we try to be a brand that doesn't like beat our chest and like talk about these things. And what I told, you know, some folks were like, oh, you should put something in general in Slack. And, you know, I said like, well, what are we going to put? And like, I went through like a little bit of a hierarchy of different things that we could put. And then it kind of all boiled into, you know, racism is bad, right? You know, and I'm being very dramatic, you know, just to kind of short circuit this. But, and I said like, I don't know, at least internally in the 75 people who work here, I don't know if I want to clarify something that we just have a zero tolerance policy for, right? And I understand that's like an ideal, an idealistic thing, which is, you know, I don't want to live in a world where I had to, to question that racism was bad. But then when I look at externally, right, like I'm thinking it's a weapon then, right? Like, oh, this person didn't say something about racism is bad or, you know, supporting a particular group. Therefore, like, I shouldn't support them. Literally, the easiest thing we could do is tweet, racism's bad. We stand with, you know, people protesting, et cetera. And we believe that. But it's kind of like, what are we adding to the conversation? What are we, what are we actually acting on? And I know that there's a value in, hey, you know, showing solidarity. And there's a value in some of these types of things. But we also want to think through, like, what are the things we uniquely can do, either as an organization of 75 people or 
you know, given, you know, the data we have or the position we have or, or these types of things. Right. And so I don't know, I really struggle with it because as I told a bunch of people who were just like, go do it, go do it, go do it. I was like, the easiest thing we could do is do this. It's not that I don't believe in it. It's not that I don't internalize it. It's not that I'm not mad. It's not that I'm not upset about what's going on, but I want to use that effort, not into crafting a message that may fall on deaf ears because everyone's doing it and everyone's probably not doing it for the, the perfect reasons, but I don't want to judge their, their intent, but I want to do things that are actually, actually going to help, you know, and actually are going to like make change either internally or externally. So I don't know, I, I, I may be thinking too hard on it, but that's, that's kind of my take. Yeah. It's one of these things where at least I don't think they're mutually, mutually exclusive in that that's true. if you make a, if you make a statement and don't follow it up with actions, that's wrong. Yeah, now, yeah, if you yeah. make a statement and it's disingenuous, that's also wrong. I think where the statements are are important is when they're specific, right? Of course, saying racism sure. is bad doesn't doesn't do anything. I think calling out specific movements or backing specific actions or campaigns or promotions in solidarity solidarity go a really long way. And second, I I, I like to think like if all businesses, if we extrapolate this to many many other companies beyond just ProfitWell, would it help detract or do nothing to the cause? And I think if a lot of companies who in some way, shape, or form aren't directly helping mitigate these injustices, if a 2,000 tech startups tomorrow backed a certain movement or a campaign, it's un- it's, it's probably going to help in, in some way, shape, or form, right? Put, bring attention to it, give it media spotlight, uh, drive mm-hmm. donations, et cetera, et cetera. I actually really liked what, what some brands did. I think Stripe did a really good job where they picked a very specific piece of this. Because I think some people are are just, oh, Black Lives Matter is the thing associated with this? Cool. Like, you just donate to them, right? And they don't understand it. They don't, like, look into it. Like, it's, it's you know, and again, I, I want to be careful in judging intent, but, like, it doesn't feel like they're actually, like, they mean it. And other brands, like, literally with the same amount of words, like, I'm like, oh, they mean it, right? And I don't know what that is, and that's a very personal thing. Stripe, they specifically went after, like, one of the causes, right? Which, you know, was, you know, basically police reform. Right. And they're like, we're going to be donating, I think, to five groups that support police reform, justice reform or something else. Right. Which I think is I don't know what I don't think they named the five groups, but I liked how they put in their their short blog posts was here's how we think about this. And I think they literally started with racism is bad, like some you know version of that, which was fine. But then they went into like, what can we do? We've thought about what we can do. And the best thing we can do is donate to these like five groups, um, which we're yeah. going to be you know doing over the next couple of months or something like that. I think this ultimately comes down to actions as we've talked about and the action of, you know, saying something in solidarity. I, I, I think that at the end of the day, it, it probably helps more than it hurts, which is great. Um, and even if they get flack for it, you know, if it's helping, Fantastic. I think what what I think about is what actions need to be take take place. We had a couple of people on Twitter. I think Bryce over at NDVC or Webb over at Two PML um, kind of came up with the phrase. I can't remember who came up with it, but the whole mantra was kind of shared by them, which is like hire a wire. Like, don't go on a panel. Don't give your hot take. Uh, don't, you know, write a blog post literally with your actions higher in terms of like making sure you're hiring a really good diverse talent pool, um, or wire, meaning if you're an investor, like send the check or, you know, I think you could loosely look at that as like, if you support this cause, like try to support those, those companies or those things that are doing, doing well with it. And I think that here's where we can get, I think, super tactical. Um, and some of the things that we've done to be like relatively successful 
Um, but also to, to really just kind of think through like, what are the things that you should be thinking about in your own practices? And it really does start with hiring. So what we had, I pulled these numbers beforehand, we've been tracking both like gender split as well as, um, kind of white, non-white and, and certain, you know, ethnicity breakdowns, um, for the better part of five years now or so. Um, and that really kind of came from, you know, originally being like, Hey, like, you know, is this a problem? And as we started growing being like, Hey, we can, you know, we need to, to, to fix some things. And I'm, I'm happy to say that, you know, we, we did some things that have helped us and, but we're nowhere near the mountaintop, if you will. Um, one big thing that kind of helped us was, and it reminds me of what David Cancel was saying from drift around, you know, basically that, you know, pipeline, you can't say that pipeline is, is an issue because, you know, you're not trying hard enough but pipeline is still something that you do have to overcome. And what he's referring to for those who don't get, you know, what pipeline is recruiting is basically the number of applicants or the types of applicants that you're getting. Uh, because if we just look at profitable job postings, we get a ton of just white dudes like applying for roles. Um, that doesn't take anything away from their talent or anything, but it's when we're looking at trying to interview for a role, like if you're only going to interview white dudes, your company's only going to end up being white dudes, right? So we wanted to kind of diversify the talent pool. And so we did a couple of things. Um, one, we adjusted our outbound recruiting practices um, to basically not go after white dudes. So most of our outbound um, recruiting practices are to either women or not white, non-white individuals. Um, and I think that actually helped a lot because it basically just increased that pipeline of, of you know, folks in, in a really good diverse pipeline. I think that really, really helped us. Now, admittedly, and, and just to be super transparent, right now, 44% or 44 repeating percent of ProfitWell is non-white, but zero of those individuals are black. Right. And in the context of what's going on right now, like, I think it's important to kind of point that out. You know, it's easy for me to give you an excuse. Like I rarely interview a black candidate and I, it's not that our ops team, um, is, is, you know, doing something necessarily wrong. I would think just based on what we're trying to do and what we've done so far in terms of our diversity, but there certainly are pockets that we're not getting into. And so some of the things that we've thought of, especially in the context of the last week is, hey, we probably should be going to, you know, there's there's, there's different black job boards that we're probably not like accessing. Um, there's different, you know, education programs that we're not accessing. And we need to do a better job of accessing those so that, you know, we can, you know, essentially go from zero to one and then two, three, four, five, and so on and so forth. I think some other things that we do are we actually put all, all of our job descriptions through, there's some software that you can use that basically kind of debiases um, or at least points out like, hey, maybe you should change these words up because they're scientifically have shown that they get only these types of applicants or those types of applicants. And then we also have started to basically review resumes in a nameless fashion. Uh, so basically we, you know, don't look at names because those can, whether it's direct or indirect, you know, cause some bias in terms of those who get kind of interviews and things like that. And I think there's a lot of things that we can do, but I think those are at least the basics that you should be doing within your recruiting practices. Yeah. And I think it's one of these things where you have to be cognizant that these things take time, but no matter how quickly or not quickly you see results, like you just have to keep trying. And if you're not in a position of, of hiring or, or sort of leadership at your company, like you, you owe it to, you have to demand that your company tries to make these, you know, core pillars of their recruiting strategy, right? And I know at ProfitWell at, at, at multiple all-hand meetings, we've had some of these difficult conversations around, hey, what are we doing better? How are we changing our practices? Can we track the metrics? Like, you, you as a company, right, we have to demand of our leaders to, to keep pushing the boundaries of, of trying really hard here. 
Yeah. And I think there, there's things that you can do, you know, to make this quote unquote easier. I don't think it's ever going to be easy, but you know, if you are remote, you know, it helps if you have multiple offices, you're, you're tapping into multiple different areas, um, of, of the country or the world, depending on where your reach is. Uh, and I also think that just kind of naming this as, as a goal, right. And I think that what, what kind of worked for us now, we we've kind of taken a step back from this a little bit, unfortunately, you know, in the past like six to nine months, but you know, not intentionally, but it just kind of happened, you know, depending on how our hiring practices were, you know, I think it was three years ago, I I basically sat with the team and I said, Hey, you know, we need to get 50% of the company to be, you know, non-male, like need to be women. Right. Basically. And I think that really lit a fire under our butts to kind of go and, you know, and we made a lot of progress at our height. We were about 42% women. Um, and now we've, we've kind of fallen from there just by the nature of the last six to nine months of hiring. But it's one of those things where just naming it as a goal and just being very cognizant of it. If you have a metric or you have a goal, um, you go after it. One criticism of everything we've just said that I want to clarify is you can't tokenize people either. I think that's a really, really important thing that, you know, people don't talk enough about, which is, oh, this person's black, you know, therefore like that's the reason they got hired. Right. So you have to be really, really careful with the language around this because you don't want people kind of assuming the worst. I have found in the people that I've talked to you that if you don't set a goal and you don't like make this an initiative, you're never going to change it because the path of least resistance is probably the sphere of people around you. And in some circles, especially in tech, like there's just a lot of white dudes, <laughs> you know, and that's, again, that's not a bad thing. It's not an either or thing. It's just, you know, we want to increase the number of non-white dudes, you know, just so that we can, you know, have more white dudes and more non-white dudes basically. And so I think that's, that's a big thing that, you know, we learned because I remember I made the mistake, if I can be vulnerable here, basically, I can't remember when it was, it was a number of years ago. I said, Hey, you know, I, I pulled a Joe Biden and I was basically like, our next exec is going to be a woman or this role, we're going to hire a woman. And I, again, positive intention, but then I, then one of the, 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 the women at the company comes up to me. He's like, Hey, like, no, you have positive intent, but you kind of just tokenize this person. And as soon as you hire them, like there, there's going to be someone who's like, Oh, were they just hired because they were a woman? Right. Not necessarily their bad intent either. It's just, it's a really careful balance of like, you have to mechanically go after this, but you also have to make sure that the language around it you know, is, is, is that merit based, which I don't want to go too far into because we don't have another six hours to talk about, you know, all that kind of fun stuff. But I think it's a really important distinction for those of you who might have some pushback there. Yeah. And it's kind of crazy. Like one thing that I've noticed over the last couple of days is just how much of your sort of sphere of influence and like who you follow impacts the way you see some of these issues. Like my Twitter feed probably looks a lot different than, than other folks, right? And and it, yeah. it, my LinkedIn feed and, and the videos I'm seeing and the tweets I'm retweeting. So that's another thing too, is just being mindful of like, who are you actually surrounding yourself with? Not only in the real world, but but virtually as well. Yeah, Rand Fishkin from Maz and now Spark Toro, a lot of his identity is social justice, right? Like more so than a lot of folks. And so he has, you know, a lot of opinions. We've had a number of discussions where I like don't quite agree with everything he says. But the one thing I thought was really interesting that got through to me was, this exact point. And so I actually audited who I was following, who I was connected with, these types of things. And it's one of those things where I, I, I don't blame myself or I don't blame you for not following enough, you know, black creators, black, you know, CEOs or, you know, just diverse, if we broaden it a little bit, you know, CEOs or creators or things like that. But I think that, as you said, you know, if you just think about your upbringing or where you're from or whatever it is, like 
you know, the five closest people around you, they're probably pretty similar to you, right? You know, unless you grew up in a very diverse environment. And, you know, then if you go to their five people that are around them, it's probably very similar. And it's easy to imagine where all of a sudden it's like a very homogenized data set you're looking at or content that you're looking at. And so I actively went out and, you know, I, I tried to look for, you know, folks who I thought were doing great stuff and, you know, it was just that ended up leading to more nodes and more connections where now I have a fairly diverse, you know, group of content and things that I look at, which has made me better. Right. Cause ultimately that's the, that's the aim of diversity. It makes us better because there's better ideas and things like that. Um, and I think we can be better, not on, you know, not to broaden this too much, but you know, on gender, race, ethnicity, creed, all of these different things to just make you a better human being, but also a better executive and how you're thinking about these things. One other thing that I did, so I get asked to advise and um, you know give feedback on things and all kinds of stuff. Um, I also kind of did made sure that you know when I was picking you know those folks to advise and things like that, I like kept this in mind as well. Um, and I give everyone like I always respond to emails at some point. Sometimes it takes me a little while to give advice. But one thing I did was you know hey I'm I'm gonna advise ten people this year. I just want to make sure that they're not all white dudes, right? So I made sure that like you know if I got six people asking me of of one of one kind of uh, profile, um, I didn't take all six, right? And if I only got one or two of one profile they were asking me, you know I made sure that over a time period. To kind of accept that. And, and I'm quota, quotaizing things a little bit there, which, you know, there's, there's, there's a good debate to be had, but you know, it's my time. I can choose what I do with my time. And, you know, it's, it's a little bit of giving back and it was easy for me to do. And I think it had a higher, you know, higher impact on my own learning, which I think is good. No, that's great. I'm so uncomfortable saying what I just said, like, I'm so uncomfortable. So one of our ops people came to me and they're very fired up about everything that's going on. And they showed me an image of this LinkedIn or this tweet share that was basically someone, you know, saying, hey, like, I'm going to start this group or I'm going to start advising people. I'm going to make sure that this proportion are, you know, from minority founders or minority execs and things like that. And I just remember saying, like, yeah, I do this. I just don't tweet about it. And that's me, like, throwing a little shade at that person. But I'm also thinking this goes back to our original conversation of, like, you know, should I be vocal about some of this stuff? It's not me, I don't think, because what made me so uncomfortable about bringing this up was they're not trophies, you know? Like, and I know that's a weird way to put it, but like those people that I'm helping, like I'm just trying to like diversify the folks that I'm helping, but I'm using them here a little bit to almost virtue signal, right? Like, yeah, which feels, it's just, it's like, like, and this is what I struggle with with some of the things and the feedback I've gotten for the company, which is, Hey, we do this, we do this. And I'm like, yes, we do this by just having a zero tolerance policy and just being good people, right? Like, and we can control the, the environment of the 75 people we have at least. And so should I be talking about this? And then the, the other part of me, and I'm just going to show you my struggle here, is I'm sitting here and I'm going, yeah, but there's enough people who look like me, act like me, et cetera, who they have never had the thought in their mind that they could do this and that it's not something where they're giving up some of their values or their ideals around fairness and stuff like that. Yeah. And so then I'm like, maybe I should talk about it, but it's just, I don't know how to talk about it without that guilt, but also feeling like I'm trophying them or something like that. Mm -hmm. Well, I think so. I, I think part of it is the medium in which you share these things, right? Um, mm -hmm. I don't know if Twitter is the best way to, to share super nuanced uh, takes, the other part of this is while ProfitWell has zero tolerance policy for this, it's it sort of begs the question like what role, if any, do we have to help folks outside of our bubble in 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 moving this 
or in making progress along some of these axes, right? And if by you speaking out, if you can change a couple of people, then that's a that, that's 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 something, right? But here's the thing: I can also, and this is this is a much larger conversation. I can also alienate or entrench the people on the other side, right? Because I think that like like what I and you and I have had this debate plenty of times, even before we started recording this, which is okay. There there are certain words that now have very charged meanings, right? And there's certain actions or there's certain things that, and, and again, like now I'm thinking back to our preface and I'm like, this is the lowest priority problem <laughs> like compared to everything else. But there's just certain things where I know that if I go have a conversation with someone who, let's just say, you know, believes that there are no like system wide and there's no like institutional wide or everything injustices, everything's great. Occasionally there's a bad apple, but like everything's great, right? If I go talk to someone who believes that and I send that tweet, then I look, I, just, I very clearly look like I'm virtue signaling. Like just, they're not going to give me the most charitable interpretation. They're, they're not going to go for it. And I'm kind of speaking to the choir, right? Like you and I've had this conversation where I kept telling you, like, if you're only talking to your woke friends about this, like you're, you're doing it wrong, at least in my opinion. You know, and so I don't know, I'm struggling with this. And there's some things that we do at ProfitWell that I think are actually amazing in the context of the last week um, and also in the context of other problems that are in the world. But we don't like talking about them because of this barrier, I think, because we don't want to be looked at as like, oh, the only reason we're sharing this is because uh, we're trying to get cool points. And what's amazing about that is that's such a cynical view and we don't necessarily have a cynical view of everything, but we somehow have a cynical view of this. So I don't know. I'm, I'm rambling at this point, but you know, any, any, any thoughts there, Neil would be great. Yeah. I think part of it's a medium. I also think it's also highlighted at some areas in which we can reflect and, and, and improve, right? It's not like we're perfect either. And I think it's, it's this ongoing dialogue between folks at the company and, and, and leadership and, and constantly trying to push uh, the boundaries around how can we improve our culture? How can we contribute to this movement, both as a as externally, internally, et cetera? So it's hard. And, and I think I've struggled with this over the last week, just personally, right? What, what's my personal involvement in, in the movement, which which you and I have talked about? So because this has sort of taken the world by storm and or at least this most recent sort of instance, like it's it's made it possible to have these conversations at the workplace, which I think is a, is a start. Two little comments to add to that. And then maybe we wrap up one, I think as a leader, you have a response and leaders are not just CEOs, execs. They can be a lot of different types of people at the company. You have a responsibility to push your team and your peers to get in the game. Now the game is not necessarily going to be the same for everybody. Uh, it's, it, it might be climate change. It might be uh, Black Lives Matter. It might be, there's a whole host of games out there. I can't think of anyone else right now, <laughs> other games. But I think you have a responsibility that when your team comes to you, and, and I've had a lot of these conversations since Friday uh, with different team members, you know, they're, they're like, oh, this is frustrating. This is upsetting me, all these other things. And, I, and my big thing while listening is, okay, what are you going to do about it? Like, what are you going to do about it? And, and, and kind of pushing them to, to think through, okay, what, what are they going to do? Do they care enough about this issue to get into things and to go to the protests and to donate money and to talk to their family members who might not necessarily be on the same wavelength or their friends or these types of things? And if it's not their, their, their number one thing, okay, but what is the thing that's going to be there? And I think that's so, so crucial that as, as a leader that you should be pushing people to do that. And what I've done is 
I have a recurring calendar invite um, that I just put on my calendar every you know six weeks so that I can check in with some of these people. And I, I took some notes and I think I'm going to do this going into the future where I can say like, hey, how's it going? How's it going with, you know, this type of stuff? Because I think what ends up happening, especially what we found with Ferguson um, for this, you know, this issue that we're talking about is that people kind of forget, right? They kind of forget and then things storm up again. And, you know, there is some voyeurism that goes on with this. There's some, you know, tourism, as they say, activist tourism that, that kind of goes on. Um, and I think it's one of those things that they, they got to get in the game and they got to stay in the game too, which I think is super, super important. And it's not a contest. Not everyone's going to be able to go to the protests or donate or do these types of things, but you got to be doing something active, at least in my opinion. And the last thing I'll say is you got to have a forum where you can have discussions like this. You've been a little vulnerable. I've been a little vulnerable. I'm sure there's things that you said that if I, I think about them more, I'm going to disagree with them. And, and same for me. And I think that what we've done a really good job at is at the company, being able to have these conversations. We're not always perfect. We're not always, you know, perfect in letting people have these conversations, but I think that we've really, really strove to, to allow people to have a conversation. And, you know, if it's a testament to the, I think it's been 12 hours of conversations I've had about this with different team members at this point, I think that most people have, have been very open to that. And most people, you know, even though sometimes it gets a little heated, They've, they've appreciated that, you know, they can, they can do this and I'll drop everything if they're feeling something that I can go talk to them about it. And so I think you got to create that culture and that culture stems from you just being that type of person who's not always going to agree with them, but is at least going to listen and, you know, debate them if they want to be debated or just sit there and listen if they just want to be listened to. Cool. And with that, that just about wraps up this part of the conversation. And if you've got any thoughts at all or feedback or opinions you know, just reach out to us. Uh, we're having a conversation that's already been going on and will continue to happen. So really appreciate you guys listening. Yeah, definitely. And I think to kind of end here, I want to end with something that we've kind of internalized. We talk about it when we're talking about these types of things internally with recruiting and people ops and stuff like that, um, which is the whole Patty McCord concept of try harder. Uh, so with that, here's the clip of Patty. Um, and something that's been really, really helpful for us. One comment you made that I really liked was saying, oh, it's a pipeline issue yeah. is just ridiculous, just, yeah. right? That being said, like in try smaller harder. companies, is it just try harder? Is that what it is? Try harder, yeah. yeah. And the other thing is um, work harder at paying attention to who's great inside your company. So here's another one. Uh, I, New York, not New York Times, Time Magazine calls me the week that four men in America get fired and four women take their place. Mm. And I say, wow, that's interesting because out here I hear it's a pipeline issue. And, um, and look at Matt Lauer and yeah. Hoda. I'm like, she's sitting next to him. Yeah. What do we do yeah. without Matt Lauer? How about her? Right. So be that's another thing for you and your leadership team. Make sure that when because this is how people really get promoted. You and I both know this. Yeah. You're in a pickle. Yeah. Right. It's like, God, man, we got to put a team together, and get that stuff done. Yeah. OK, who do we got? Who, 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 who can we put on this? Right. That's how people really get promoted. It's like, you know, how about Gary? I guess remember he unscrewed that thing we did last time yeah, so yeah. that he could do it. And he's pretty good at putting together a team. Let's, let's give him. Yeah. Make sure that when that happens, somebody says, well, what about Susan? Yeah. Make sure there's that mix. And then somebody's like, and then if everybody in the room goes, I don't know anything about Susan's work. Anybody know anything? Who is Susan? Mm, that's a bigger issue. That's a bigger issue. And that's what happens. 
This has been a Recur Studios production, the fastest growing subscription network out there. If you find use for this show, subscribe for more like it at ProfitWell.com slash Recur.